my first ghost I saw was my cousin. Um, and I was about 15 at the time. Oh, wow. Um, when I saw her and that was, that's my earliest memory of having any experience like that. Um, but I might've been having it younger. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. Don't remember. No. We invite you to join us on our hunt for all things spooky. We're here for the tricks and the treats. I'm Elise. And I'm Haley. And, and this, this is, is Easy, Easy Bake, Bake Coven. Coven. Um, we are so excited. At the very beginning. <laughs> that was me doing the really Do Yes. I <laughs> love that you knew what I was doing. Of course. That's amazing. Episode six. Uh, we are very excited because we're doing something different today. We are doing our very first interview. Hell yeah. With spooky ghost stories. Woohoo. Elise is like well connected in the spiritual world. I mean. And knows interesting and compelling people. I do. I mean, I'm not connected to the ghosts per se. I've had some creepy family ghost stories, but um, I'm connected to people who have ghost stories, which is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and today we're going to be talking to my dear friend, Corey Giacomazzi who works for the Red Onion in Skagway, Alaska. Uh, she is the museum curator. She used to be a tour guide. Um, and she also designs corsets and has her own clothing line called Lilith Moon, and she's all around awesome. Tell us your connection to the Red Onion, Lacey. Well, uh, in another lifetime, like six years ago, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I lived in a little town called Skagway, Alaska, and I moved there because I wanted to practice journalism at their small-town newspaper, I was an intern, and then I actually ran the newspaper for a few years, uh, and I'm pretty proud of myself for that. Not even going to tone it down. Oh, Wrote every yeah. story, took every hell photo, yeah. laid it all out. Pretty badass. Um, but after I graduated college, I wanted to go back to Skagway, and the paper didn't have a job opening, so I was like, I'm going to do whatever I need to to move back there, and the Red Onion Brothel Museum had a job opening. <laughs> I mean, honestly, there could have been 15 other jobs and like, that's the one, you know, like don't, no, ain't no shame. No shame. So for a summer, I was a tour guide at a brothel museum. And what was your name when you were a tour guide, Lacey? (sighs) Madam Essie, (laughs) (laughs) S-E-X. Essie for sure. I'm a 13 year old boy again and I love it. Uh, And I would just give these tours of the brothel museum. Um, The Red Onion is now a restaurant and bar with a brothel museum upstairs. Uh, I would give tours of the museum itself. I'd give two-hour walking tours of town where we'd talk about prostitution and we'd talk about um, sexually transmitted diseases, the Klondike Gold Rush back in 1898, um, and basically just the history of Skagway itself. And then those tours would end in the Brothel Museum where we would give these long tours of all the different rooms. Um, It's a really very cool place. Most people, if you've been to Skagway on a cruise, you've Mm -hmm. seen the Red Onion. But if you haven't, highly suggest you go. It's really an amazing museum that Corey has curated. They've got so many different little artifacts. They've got jewelry. They've got the knob and tube wiring. They've got old um, wallpaper up on the walls. The Red Onion was really one of like the most high-end brothels in town, and they would offer the girls a chance to decorate their own rooms, which was like oh, a wow. huge thing. Mm-hmm. And so when they started going through this building, they found all these layers of wallpaper, which helped them determine how many girls had been in the Red Onion. Oh, crazy. Because each each woman would, would right. put up wallpaper in her room. Exactly. Wow. So those are all framed. They've got a really beautiful, intricate dress, which we're going to talk to Corey about. Um, it's kind of in like a almost looks like a coffin, uh, but it's really beautiful. 
And they've got some rooms set up like they would have back in the day. Oh, cool. So you can yeah. see what it have been like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really cool. The Red Onion was really special. And, and I don't know if it's the only brothel that worked this way. But at the bar, they would have 10 dolls set up. And each doll would represent a girl that oh, worked wow. upstairs. And so if the doll was sitting up, it meant she was available. Oh, my God. And so the John would come and tell the barkeeper, like, I want Looking sleep for with. a redhead. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So he'd put her doll down. And then he'd walk upstairs, go to the man. And he would the the um what do you call him the bouncer the bouncer another elise can't remember a word torch he was the torch <laughs> torch the bouncer would lead you to the girl you'd have 15 minutes her 15. dolls yeah 15 minutes the pressure is on the clock is ticking yeah. well. he'd lay her doll down she would um do her thing and then there she would dead be starfish. Mm-hmm. dead starfish <laughs> there were copper tubes in each room that led down to a money box in the bar and so when the john was done he'd give her his money she'd put that money into the tube and it would clink 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 all the way down to the bar and when the barkeeper heard that in the money box he'd, he'd know that it was done and he'd set the doll right back up well, he only paid after yeah i mean I, he would give her the money in the room yeah. and then i think she would not put it down the, the box if it until were me working in the brothel <laughs> i'd be like you need to pay up front yeah. Yeah. well Just saying. i think she'd probably ask for the money up front and then but she'd she hold on to it because they needed a system to be able to quickly right, 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 you know right. know who was ready and who wasn't yeah so in the red onion museum you can see what these dolls would have looked like oftentimes a girl would keep her doll with her like as she moved from brothel to brothel oh yeah um, it's like her little avatar mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> sexy avatar (laughs) so not not all the dolls are necessarily um from the red onion but it's a really cool place it was an amazing summer working there um i gained a lot of memories and heard about a lot of ghosts and so today we are going to talk to my dear friend Corey about her ghosty experiences in skagway and there are many of them sweet oh i can't wait (laughs) so here we go We are so excited to have my dear friend, Corey Giacomazzi, on the show. Hi, Corey. Hi, Corey. Hi. (laughs) Thank you for being here with us. Yes. I guess I don't actually have to wave. (laughs) I mean, we can all envision you waving. (laughs) I'll narrate. Corey just waved hello to everyone. (laughs) So we just kind of gave a little intro about Skagway and the Red Onion. How long have you been in Skagway? Oh, about 24 years. Wow. Wow. And have you been the museum curator that whole time? Uh, no. When did I start doing that? Oh, my goodness. No, I started being the museum curator in 2004. Okay. I got involved with the Red Onion because um, I made corsets. Seeing as it's a, you know, Victorian gold rush uh, era saloon and museum, I started making costumes for them. Um, it started with the corsets and then from there it progressed into the full costumes. Um, How I got my job as the curator was we have this spectacular, um, very, very, very rare dress that used to sit in this ridiculously (laughs) absurd tiny case on top of the bar when it was a smoking bar. And this Uh, is like every curator's or conservator's nightmare. Like the dress is basically going to disintegrate. Because it was looking at it was a real old dress from the time. Like it was a historic piece. Uh, Yeah. Well, it's from a little later from about 1903, but it's a really rare dress. Um, This particular style of dress, they don't, it's, they're not common. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, I essentially kept harassing the owner, (laughs) Jan Rentmore. (laughs) into hiring me to save the dress oh that's amazing that's my plea to save the dress Look, i will work for you full time and do other things if you just let, let me, me take care of that dress. dress and give it the love it needs 
let me save that dress. <laughs> so I talk about, I kind of gave a little intro to that dress because it was part of the tour when I was a madam. Um, but mm-hmm. what is the history behind it? Or what, I know you can't know for sure, but what, what do you think is the history behind it? Um, well, what I've figured is, um, so it, it, the time period of the dress is from about 1903, somewhere between about 1897 to 1903. Um, I'm not exactly sure when I had to take it off that awful mannequin yeah. in the tiny case that it was in. <laughs> Um, was ex- the most stressed I've ever been in my life. It was extremely stressful. <laughs> you have to like picture this dress. It's got like tons of like little silver like appliques on it, and it's like extremely fragile. And like a tiny woman wore it, and it, it's just a beautiful, incredible photo? dress. We'll put a photo on. Yeah, social mm-hmm. media. Okay, cool. This dress is, um, it's like a cotton net. So you know, like a like a tool. You know, where it's got mm-hmm. kind of holes and stuff, and around the net creating the design is copper silver plated copper and so there's flat pieces that are squished around the fibers and oh like like Mm -hmm. cinched along but it's like the whole dress wow the whole dress is like this the dress weighs about 10 pounds (laughs) um it's there's a term for this type of dress and i'm not sure if i'm saying it correctly but it's an asuit suit Hmm. and or sorry not as what suit as what is the type of fabric mm-hmm. um and it's very specific to um the egyptian region mm-hmm. um where they would make it it's that. very very rare and to afford something like this would have been very expensive back then hmm. um and how i figured out you know we always thought it was a dress but then how i figured out that it's actually an undergarment was oh. when I was taking it off the mannequin, I got to see, you know, the back of it and stuff. And it was buttoned up with the um, mother of pearl buttons. Mm-hmm. And the back is a cotton muslin, which you wouldn't, it's right. like a, like an underwear weight mm-hmm. cotton muslin. Mm-hmm. You would never have worn that um, wow. in public that way. So why would um, someone so wear that underneath clothes? She's trying because it kind of look hot. Why do you? Why do you wear La Perla versus... Um, we we don't. We so don't. it's like a sexy thing. It, it yeah. was not purposeful. Right. She's trying exactly. to look good. That's exactly what this was. Was It was a statement piece. Because if you remember, the design itself is very telling of the woman that would have wore it. Um, very, again, this type of thing would have been, you know, a geometrical design or floral or something like that. But this, the design on this dress looks like ladies um with big skirts stick ladies with big skirts wow. with their hands on their hips mm-hmm. and then the next row is um oh, yeah, I forgot. long legs short skirt mm-hmm. ladies standing with their hands on their hips oh no their hands are out actually and then the row beneath that is stick men and then the row beneath that is the ladies with the long skirts stand hands on their hips mm-hmm. so it I looks like it could have belonged to a madam since she would have been the beginning and the end of the brothel you know she's yeah. the but like um, well like wealthy because it sounds like this would have been valuable like this would have been oh, expensive yeah. yeah she would have been a successful madam i was doing just like a little research just like refresh my memory because it's been so long since i gave a tour myself um and i read you know you could actually give one if you just close your eyes and walked your way through it <laughs> like muscle memory i actually remember yeah. this one tour i was giving where 
I was standing by the courthouse and I was on autopilot and my brain, my mouth was going and I realized I was talking about other things or I was thinking about other things, but I was giving the tour. Mm. And then I was like, oh shit, Elise, like get back in your head. Because like when you're driving and you're like, I don't remember the last yeah. five minutes of driving. You just uh-huh. know the road yeah. so well. Because it just became muscle memory. Yeah, I knew it so you just well. know it so well. That's one of the reasons I quit being a tour guide was because I was thinking about my grocery list yeah. while I was... <laughs> giving the tour and I actually stopped a couple times going did I just tell you guys I needed to buy egg <laughs> sorry my heart's not in it anymore <sighs> her heart's in the brothel <laughs> yeah, that's true so I was reading about the dress and some people said that they'd been told stories about ghosts associated with the dress is there I don't remember that but maybe my brain is just forgotten uh, where did you read these stories? It was like a legit website. And I, I it's funny. It said that the brothel was haunted by Diamond Lil. I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> she did not die it's, in the Red Onion. No, she didn't. Um, it is amazing how untrue the internet is. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> Imagine I'm, that. I, this is the first I'm hearing about this. <laughs> what I'm, do you mean? Shocked and appalled <laughs> to find out this way. <laughs> um. No, Diamond Lil did not die in the brothel. Remember, she died on the down in Seattle area. Down in yes, Seattle area. that's right. She was working um, in a bank. That's in right. Seattle. Yeah, and she, she died somewhere down there. Mm-hmm, it's I very miserable that. here. I understand it. <laughs> <laughs> you should try living here in the wintertime. <laughs> no, I don't think I could. I don't think. I could. Maybe just for a weekend. While Diamond Lil might not be a ghost, I do know that Lydia is. And I know you have some great stories of Lydia. Oh, my God. Tell me. And we would love to hear them, as well as any backstory that you know about her history. I know about the syphilis and the, you know, uh, branding of her. But if you want to give us a little more detail, that would be excellent. Um. Well, there's not much to know about Lydia as far as um, her life prior to being a ghost, because... Um, well, um, women of ill repute, uh, women who worked in houses of negotiable affections, there wasn't a lot of documentation. Um, the right. documentation that did occur ended up usually when they were in front of a judge and then they would have given a false name. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they had, um, what's the word, like a nom de plume, but, you know, for real life, because they're not actually writers. Right. They're, women who work between the sheets right oh my god but that applies to writers too (laughs) (laughs) i'm so funny and didn't even know it (laughs) we're we're all for cheesy puns we love it sort of unintentionally it keeps happening (laughs) i can't help myself that's one of my favorite things i I love love it you're meant to be a guest (laughs) i know well and this is why you and i are friends that's right (laughs) Or one of the many among reasons. Yeah, among um, many reasons. So as far as Lydia's origins, we can basically presume a couple things. One, um, she more than likely traveled to Skagway with a male companion because that's typically, that's a typical thing that would have happened during the gold rush. Women rarely traveled by themselves. Mm-hmm. It was extremely adventurous to be traveling by yourself back then. I mean, people still consider it adventurous today. Right, right. And yet, I know I've gone a right. lot of Same. places. <laughs> Right, exactly, solo mm-hmm. and around the world. So anyway, we feel like she probably um, came up with um, a male companion, whether it be a husband or a brother, uncle, lover, whatever. Someone. And then what happened often was um, the the voyage to the Klondike Goldfields was quite perilous. Skagway was just the dropping off point, And then from here, people had to make it 500 and some odd miles north 
um, via mountain passes, via waterways, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And never mind, you're navigating um, people who are trying to rob you blind, possibly right. murder you. And disease, there's a lot of disease. Mm-hmm. In the wintertime, there's avalanches. Dangerous and challenging. Right. Dangerous and challenging. So often the gentleman would say, hey, honey, you stay here in Skagway where it's nice and safe. (laughs) And I'll send for you once I've struck it rich. Right. And um, quite often, you know, the guys would not make it. They'd end up dying somewhere between here and there. Or they would end up falling in love with somebody else and forgetting about their beloved that they left in Skagway. waiting patiently for them wow we feel like lydia probably uh had tried to be a respectable woman here in town you know working an honest living but in skagway back then you could earn three dollars a day and the cost of living was six dollars a day Mm -hmm. so there was really no way to make ends meet except Mm -hmm. for by turning to the world's oldest profession and so we have kind of figured lydia came to work in the brothel because she still haunts the place and um it might have been under diamond lil but we don't really know because there's technically no record of diamond lil having worked in right in skagway either she was passing through and we've guessed that she worked at the red onion based on the wallpaper and stuff like that Mm -hmm. uh when she couldn't make ends meet she turned to the world's oldest profession and luckily she came to the red onion where um you got paid a decent wage. Mm-hmm. Um, the madam looked after the girls, made sure she was fed and clothed well and educated and medical checks and things wow. like that. So, so there was, well, because you're protecting your investment, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so the quality of life and, wasn't completely horrifying. Huh. <laughs> 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 um no, not working at the brothel, it wasn't. The mm-hmm. girls who had it worse off were the ones who worked in the cribs on the street or on the street. With the right. mattresses on their backs. Right. And in Skagway, we also had Yokohama Row, which um, was just absolutely horrifying mm-hmm. as far as how these girls were treated. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. I don't even know what it would be akin to now. Mm-hmm. Human trafficking. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. Awful. All you know is mostly your um, Asian ladies of different mm-hmm. descent. Very segregated in that respect. Wow. Okay, Debbie Downer. Um, <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. I, re- <laughs> <laughs> I remember learning the stories of like the different levels of madams that, or of women of the night that there were. Like there would be the women mm-hmm. of the Red Onion who were kind of the the most well treated, like upper and echelon the, of. Mm-hmm. Ladies but then of there'd the be the crib girls who were in these tiny little shacks, and then there were like I said, these girls with mattresses on their backs who would literally lay down in an alley and, and have sex. Um, and some women would wear these long striped socks, and they'd walk their dogs. And then if they saw a man out who they thought looked like a john that wanted some they'd lift up their skirts so you could see those socks and then he would know that she was a woman of the night oh, and that's follow that each meant. other like, yeah that was like the signal wow also red petticoats if mm-hmm. a woman was wearing red petticoats red was the symbol hence the red light district or if she was walking her little dog and there was a red leash on the dog mm-hmm. that was also mm-hmm. meant she was available can you imagine if uh- you just accidentally <laughs> bought a red leash for your dog and you're just like you know why is this man following me home <laughs> like all these men are make are being very sexually aggressive at me tonight 
come home to your husband you're like eight different men proposition me and offer me money for sex like what what kind of vibe am i putting out well so the red onion was called the red onion because the onion was like a woman's bum right isn't that yes um yes my my butt doesn't look like an onion i'm sorry we're gonna compare here but tiny waist yeah and then a bottom because they'd have those corsets mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay maybe if you like made me onion, a corset an i would onion look like with an onion with the with the, the stock with on the little it. stock yeah okay mm-hmm. yeah oh okay yeah. <laughs> okay i guess my butt could look like an onion in the right circumstances <laughs> the right kind of onion <laughs> um tell us about lydia's ghost and we digress um, Always. okay so Lydia has been seen, experienced, felt by many people, um, not just employees of the place, but also guests who've come on the mm-hmm. tours. I don't know if you ever had that experience, Elise, where the tour is done and the guest mm-hmm. comes up to you and goes, by the way, there's so-and-so and so-and-so standing with you. Did that ever happen to you? No, it's funny. Haley and I were chatting about this, and I couldn't really remember what things had happened to me and what things were stories people had told to me while I was working there um right. it all kind of like blurs together yeah. like just common experiences of working yeah. there or being mm-hmm. there well also it becomes like everyday occurrence mm-hmm. like people right. ask me often like what are your ghost stories and I have to it takes me a minute to kind of filter through because stuff happens every day but mm-hmm. it doesn't even Crazy. phase me because it happens every day mm-hmm. wow yeah, I mean, I remember just getting dressed up there. I mean, like, the dressing room for the madams is part of the brothel. I mean, it's like yes. a, a section of the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, it just would be creepy up there. I, you know, depending on if you were alone or if you weren't, it would just, you'd you'd feel. You just feel like that electricity kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, that, like, the, you yeah. know, the hair stand up in the back of your neck. And, you know, I mean, unless you were rushing for a tour and it was just like, shit, I'm late. <laughs> Didn't have time. No. <laughs> I'm usually trying working up there at at night by yourself in the winter <laughs> no thank you no. do we know how um how or why lydia died yes um so how we know this is she appeared to um a co-worker um and this is how we learned her story was she appeared hanging from the ceiling and she had um the mark that she was marked um because she had syphilis um oh. on her face so she let the person who saw her see that that she had the mark and she was hanging in this specific corner of the room that's how we learned what happened to her so we assume she took her own life because she couldn't she work syphilis. anymore yeah yeah and she had no money like what are you gonna do was somebody else who worked there interviewed for a podcast because i feel like i've heard this story that would be me yeah <laughs> Probably. I've done a lot of different podcasts in the mm-hmm. last couple of years. Uh-huh. Oh, and then Billy and I were on Spooked. Billy. Oh, about- yes. Yeah. I do remember that. Okay. Yeah. I was, that's like my yes. favorite podcast. That's yes. so funny. Okay. That's when I would have yeah. heard it. He does a great job. I remember um, texting you that best- day. Sorry. I remember texting you the day that I heard that episode and I was like, I heard you on Spooked. I love Spooked. <laughs> so I can't listen to it because it freaks me out. To hear yourself? <laughs> No, I can hear my own, but like her, the other stories. Because oh. you still have to work there every day and they make it like the way they edit it with the sound and stuff. You're like, I'm not going in that place. Oh, wait, I work there. <laughs> no, she does a great job. So I talked about Francis on that episode and mm. Billy talked about Lydia. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was like, I've heard this story yeah. before. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was actually Billy's story. Um, she was the one who saw Lydia mm-hmm. and she's the one who... Um, 
shared that story with the rest of us. But then over the years, so Billy was my head madam when I first started working there mm-hmm. as a tour guide. Mm-hmm. And I was putting, one day we were putting up, um, we've got these pieces of the old wallpaper that came off the walls that are framed. Oh, and cool. um, some of them are really big and heavy and awkward. Mm-hmm. And the, the walls are rough plank from 1898. Wow. And... <laughs> I was up on the ladder, precariously perched, and that was the first time I'd hung those pieces of wallpaper. And when I got done, my arms had tiny little slivers from the planks from Uh leaning against them to support this weight. Very important to wear long sleeves. (laughs) Um, But Billy was helping me put these on the wall, and um, I was on the ladder, and all of a sudden I felt something behind me. And I was all the hairs on the back of my neck stood up and Mm -hmm. I just kind of like got all weirded out. Billy's like, Oh, Lydia's standing behind you. (gasps) Casually throws it on. I was like, Oh, well, could you tell her to maybe lend a hand? (laughs) Make yourself useful here. Lydia. Help a sister out. So that was my introduction to officially to Lydia. The first time you met her. Yeah. That I knew of. (laughs) She seems to like me because she'll show up occasionally one time, um, I was standing with another coworker of mine. We were looking at the dress. We were talking about where Lydia had hung herself, which is right above. It's in a corner right above where we have the dress placed mm-hmm. in this sarcophagus looking. <laughs> yeah, it looks totally because... like, a, like a sarcophagus. <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be. But once we finally got the dress off that mannequin, it was starting to the weight was causing the threads to pop up in the bodice. Right. So the safest thing to do was lay it down. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why it lays down. Um, so anyway, we were, um, standing there, we were arm, like our arms were touching our, our upper arms were touching and we both had our elbows bent. And all of a sudden there was just this like hand of this cold that just went from my elbow across my hand. And my coworker looks at me. She goes, did you feel that? Oh, I no. said, what do you mean? She goes, I just felt this cold go from the tips of my fingers like to my elbow. she just rushed her hand along you. Uh, yes. Oh, that's so yes, creepy. Like, oh, my God, look at my goosebumps. We were talking about her, and she just made her yeah. presence felt. She's like, don't talk about me. Yeah, or do. <laughs> yeah, or, she likes to. Or, hey. <laughs> I'm here. She wow. actually likes to be talked about. Lydia likes her story shared. She, let's see. I know um, there was another madam who was dusting. She was in the brothel, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember. It's a very, it's a futile effort trying to dust in that building. Yeah. The dust just keeps, keeps coming. coming. I bet. Um, it's crazy. But she was up there dusting and she heard somebody walk up behind her felt the tap on her shoulder so she turned around to see who was there and there was nobody oh my god Mm-mm. yeah so we figure it was probably lydia and then one time billy was giving a tour we did a night tour for some reason it must have been close to halloween and we did a ghost tour i think we had gone around town or maybe it was just the red onion <laughs> it was a long time ago i can't quite remember <laughs> but we ended up in the brothel and she was telling us you know stories some of her experiences up in the brothel and brothel museum i should preface yes and um, <laughs> very important it's not an active yes right then so the way that the the museum is is it's a long hallway 
down the center of the building and then it's used to be five rooms on each side now some walls have been changed and taken out and stuff like that to accommodate tours and the use of the building but still there's this long narrow hallway and towards the end of it we have a mannequin standing there with a wedding dress on it that's mm-hmm. a different story though <laughs> and as billy was talking lydia walked from the crib room across the hallway into the madam's room Ugh. and five of us saw her oh. <gasps> there was about there, we there were a group of about 15 to 20 people and five of us saw her oh what did gosh. she look like i'm not gonna tell you <laughs> why <laughs> so, Here's the thing is I don't actually tell people what Lydia looks like. I'll give you an idea, but I won't tell you exactly because that way you can't, you know, Photoshop some pictures. Sure. Like, oh, here's Lydia. Yeah. Or like sense. when you when someone sees her and then they describe her as she is, you're yeah. like, yep, yeah, you saw her. Not mm-hmm. just you're exactly. trying to see what you want to yeah. see. Exactly. So Interesting. Lydia is a she's a petite woman um who looks like a respectable Victorian lady. Oh, wow. That's how I describe her. Hmm. She did not. You know, she was she's always dressed like a respectable Victorian lady. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Interesting. Yeah, my I don't know. I just picture all brothel ghosts to be wearing like yeah, their brothel outfits. Their brothel outfits. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, like or like a Victorian nighty, but like in go. a hot way. Yeah. <laughs> With the bow tie, just so. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Lydia is the nice ghost. She likes to be acknowledged. Um, she also doesn't suffer fools. She doesn't, um, if men are being mean to women, she sometimes oh, gets Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, Lillian. Yeah, she Lydia. She well, doesn't. She's not Lillian. <laughs> Remember Lillian. her name. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, God. Sorry, Lydia. It's the, it's the wine. Blame it on my friend Kim. So she likes, she'll, you know, push a man down the stairs. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. love her. Or she pulls like she'll pull out chairs when they go to sit down and they'll be there. She's really she's really protective of women, obviously. Uh-huh. You know, that's really lovely. She's not very fond of men. She likes to make she likes to play jokes <laughs> or her version of a joke. <laughs> she likes to make things disappear around mm. the museum. Oh man. There is this one particular item that had been in the exact same place for years and then there was an event that happened at the red onion and there had been people using the museum a little bit like a changing room and this 1950s bra the red one do you remember Mm -hmm. the red i do it went missing and i accused every single one of those people that was up there i was like what did you do with this piece if i ever catch you wearing it yeah you're dead you're dead you're deader than lydia right (laughs) then you will not be haunting this brothel Mm -mm. so this thing was gone for about three years oh my god three freaking years and i looked in every single nook and cranny i moved every single thing in there me and two other people looked through that place top to bottom over the course of the three years like every mm-hmm. every couple of months here we are going through you know the beginning and the end of the season we're right. going through looking for this bra and then it showed up in this place that we looked a hundred times oh, wow. and there was the bra it was the um you know the dry cleaning thing it's yeah like a circular yes thing that thing it was it in was there stuffed in there 
took three years for that thing to come back. Wow. And she was just messing with, with you. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> she was she just liked wearing to it. do that. Like when things go missing, I'm like, Lydia, please return it. <laughs> and a couple days later it comes back. Whoa. Well, I remember when I'd go up to work, you said that it was a great idea to just be like, Hi Lydia, I'm here. Thanks like for sharing your space known. with me. Mm-hmm. Well, and acknowledge, and acknowledge her. her. Yeah. Because that's, yeah. that's what she wants. She wants someone right. to acknowledge her story. Right. Right. And then, like, Fair whenever enough. I leave in the evening, I'm always like, thanks. Have a great night, Lydia. Yeah. Wow. I was actually up there a couple of times. We used to do um, fam tour, fam dinners up there. Mm-hmm. You know, the familiarization dinners. Yeah. And so we'd be in that, in the brothel, freezing our tukuses off. <laughs> trying to eat some decent food and billy was up there and for some reason lydia really didn't like it when billy swore and billy <laughs> dropped the like bomb uh-huh well sorry lydia she might be getting a little bit more used to it now because we all pretty much have <laughs> right? potty mouths up there but billy dropped the f-bomb and the lights flickered oh and lydia Lily, or billy was like sorry lydia i apologize <laughs> and then you know everything happened. was fine she kept talking kept talking kept talking Everything was fine. And then she dropped it again. Lights flickered. <gasps> Weird. <laughs> I did not like it. At least it was a nice, like, hey, please Hey, stop. just a reminder. We don't it's use like that gra- language Glasses here. didn't come crashing right. down. <laughs> it would just be a permanent blackout in my house if Lydia was here. <laughs> We'd be recording our podcast yeah, in pitch like, black. Oh, Sorry, Lydia. Power's out in the whole town. <laughs> Bobby. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> so, I mean, Lydia is like the nice ghost, but I know that there is a not so nice ghost that lives in the Red Onion who we're not allowed to say the name of. It's, is, it Mac- is it Macbeth? Is the ghost name Macbeth? <laughs> yes, I'm going to make you talk about it. <laughs> okay. Because I remember when I worked there and I found out about this guy. Because oh, I guy. think this is so, of course this is so like guy. fuzzy in my memory. But I just, I feel like I remember something scary and spooky happening and i remember someone saying like oh that's the male ghost like that's not lydia i can't remember what it was but and then someone told me about him and i that gave me the creeps lydia the idea of her never scooped spooked me out but he scared me and that's that's probably a good thing um okay i can talk about him you're not in the red onion so it's okay (laughs) let me go light a candle hold that okay just a second Lighting a candle will take away all that bad energy. Okay, so is that is that a is that a thing? Yeah, we, we should have always a have a candle lit. lit then we, we have, have a candle lit right now because I was worried that the power was going to go out and you would be in the middle of a scary story and then we would lose power and everything <laughs> would go dark and we're in my basement. <laughs> um, it really it really helps actually, considerably. It's also a power of belief. Yes, I agree in that, with that. Whatever works, right? <laughs> um, okay, so. Um, we call him John because obviously they're all Johns to us up there. Right. Um, and how, okay, let me just think, dig deep here. This would have been maybe my second, first or second summer working as a tour guide. So that would have been about 16, 17, 18 years ago, something like that. What year are we in? 2021. Long time ago. 21. (laughs) Um, okay, do the math. About 17 years ago. I don't know how it happened. Or like sometimes stuff comes out of my mouth in re- regards to the ghosts and stuff that I, it's not something I've thought about. It's just like comes through. And I said to my manager at the time, I was like, hey, what's the story about the bouncer who got stabbed up here? And she's like, what do you mean? 
I said, well, tell me about the bouncer that got stabbed up here. And she goes, uh, how do you know about this? I was like, I I don't know. I just got this sense that, you know, I don't know. I just got this sense about it. She was like, I thought that was a story that Mel was making up. (gasps) Oh, shit. I was like, oh, no, there was a bouncer that worked up here who was kind of a jerk and he ended up getting stabbed to death and died (gasps) here in the brothel. Oh my or God. in the hallway, you know? And that just, like, you just sort of sensed that or something. Like, yeah. No, one, just, no you, one told you that. Nobody told me that. Wow. Um, so, so I don't know if I somehow got a... I, I don't know how it works. Yeah. <laughs> someone someone told you. Someone something spooky happened. Yeah. Right. So then, um, so that happened, and then time goes by, and nobody ever really talks about it again. And then I came in one morning, um, I'm responsible for all the laundering of the costumes and, you know, taking care of them and stuff and making them and all the things. All the um, things. I'm just not responsible for wearing them most of the time. <laughs> sometimes I do still wear them. They're really fun to wear. I had come in one morning really early, you know, because I had to do, do the laundry before everybody came to work before the first tour. And I went in and I walked into the dressing room and the it was spotless. Like somebody, the Horella had done her job and cleaned the place the day before. And it was like, it was beautiful. Like it was the cleanest I've actually probably ever seen it. Hmm. But there was this funky BO smell. Oh no. And I was like, Uh. where is this coming from? Why is this, how this makes no sense. Right. No one's here. It's all clean. Yeah. And this B.O. And I was like, sometimes, you know, you wear those shoes all day and those nylon stockings, you right. get funky foot smell. Mm-hmm. So I was not sniffing people's shoes because that would have made me throw up. <laughs> right. But I was you know, kind of sniffing around. Mm-hmm. Like, where is it coming what... from? What region of the room yeah. is it coming from? Right. Where is it coming from? Smack dab center of the room. Oh, no. Not on the floor. Oof. It was about two feet off the floor two three feet off the floor is where the smell was oh, in that vicinity. stinky ghost man dinky ghost man i was like okay i'm just gonna go to the laundromat now so i went to the laundromat put the laundry in came back and my coworker was there and i said okay come can you come here i need you to sniff around where this <laughs> smell is so she's sniffing around the room as well and it had moved <gasps> Oh, I just got the chill. It wasn't in the center of the room anymore. Oh. Now it was like up against the 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 drawers there. Yeah. You have these drawers where people keep their stuff. The smell was up against there, which was like five feet away from where I originally smelled oh, it. Oh, no. And so I was like, so she found it. And I was like, oh, my God. She's like, what is that? I said, I'll tell you. We got to get out of here. Let's oh, my just God. go and I'll tell you about there. Oh, my gosh. So I told her about it. And then he, that's just sort of added to our story about this guy and we called John and then um you know over the years different people had different experiences um he loved (laughs) such a creeper (laughs) um you'd be changing in the dressing room and all of a sudden the door would fly open (gasps) and there's no way these doors can do that they Uh -uh. don't open easily they're big old heavy doors well and they and like and to make it fly open, yeah. they don't have to stay open unless you get them to a certain part. Oh, and so the God. door flies open. This happened to a coworker. She yelled at him to close the door, and the door closed. Oof. Oh, my God. I don't know if that made me feel better or worse. <laughs> he's being respectful, but he's definitely right there. 
yeah he's definitely right there and you could sometimes you know you'd be on one side of the door and you could hear or one side of the curtain even and you'd hear footsteps walk up nobody's there you know you're changing right. finish changing close the open the curtain or open the door and there's nobody there a little voyeuristic yes um and then we had a guy i don't know if you were there when this happened at least i'm not going to tell you who this who this guy was because well it was very traumatic for him and he never wanted to be named again after this oh, wow um he I, but i know this us. guy does he still live in skagway no he doesn't oh okay. no, he literally was in skagway first time he left home comes to skagway comes to work at the red eye inn you know young guy i think he was 19 years old never been away from home before he has the most horrifying experience with um our dear john so this kid didn't know that he um was sensitive to ghosts at all and this the male ghost john um really took advantage of this and Mm -hmm. he basically let this kid see or actually made this kid see everything that he did when he was alive oh my god and this confirmed my suspicions like i had my own suspicions just based on the stuff that has happened up there and the sense that i got from the ghost um and i I don't talk about this stuff like Mm -hmm. i don't tell people about you know what a jerky is Mm -hmm. and then this this guy who's this young guy who comes and he's working there and john has shows him what a awful human being he was and so um i found out about this because the kid was so horrified he had to quit working for the red onion and he went back home oh my god and i found out the day he was quit so i called him and i was like hey like can i help you through this like do you know there's there's a few things you can do to protect yourself you know just kind of trying to help him because he didn't understand what was going on he wouldn't tell me everything because it was so horrifying but he told me that he repeatedly saw himself. I'm going to try and explain this. From what I understand, it sounded like John not necessarily entered, you know, entered him, took over his body or whatever. But basically from John's perspective, this kid was being shown what John was doing. Oh, right. like Projected so, yes. his memories into mm-hmm. him, kind of. Right, right. Like he was yes, seeing it as if he was the one doing it. Right, it, that's right. He was seeing it as if he was the one doing it. Like so a first-person memory of what John used to do. Mm-hmm. Right. So he saw him assaulting the girls oh, no. up in the brothel. He saw them blackmailing, not blackmailing them, but um, assaulting them for money, favors, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, treating them very terribly. But then he also saw himself being murdered (gasps) multiple times. And um, so I asked, like, what did the person murdering him look the same every time? Mm -hmm. And yes, she did. (gasps) Badass. Yeah. (laughs) It was not Lydia. Uh Lydia did not do the murdering. But it was a woman who, this just confirmed what I had, you know. Gathered already. That she was done with his abuse and she stabbed him to death up there. <gasps> wow. Wow. So your gut I know, is totally right. Oh my God. Good for her. And this is why we don't talk about him up there because he doesn't like being talked about. He doesn't want to be acknowledged. Right. Mm-hmm. He gets mean and he does nasty shit. That's and I so work scary. up there by myself sometimes and yeah. I don't want to deal with it. Right. And he's trapped there forever. 
I don't, I don't know. We, we, you know, whenever we have these podcasts or the TV shows that go out, we, people always come out of the woodwork and start saying like, you guys are horrible people for not exercising these ghosts or, you know, you're going to go burn in hell or whatever it is. It's all the the crazies come out of the woodwork. I'll join you there and we'll have a drink. (laughs) (laughs) I look forward to it. Jane willing, you'll burn there. then we do have some people who are super sweet and they hear Lydia's story like we have this one guy heard Lydia's story sent this beautiful letter and a teddy bear and asked us to put the teddy bear in the brothel because he felt like Lydia would like this and so we did we honored that request isn't that sweet we get the whole gamut we get the really nice and we get the you're gonna burn in hell for not exercising these ghosts but oh my Lydia, gosh, like that's your responsibility to save some piece of shit man who used to abuse women of right. his sad fate. <laughs> right. No, sorry. He gets right. to live his sad fate. And Lydia right. wants to be there because she wants to be remembered. Also, if hell, exactly you just nailed it, Haley, if hell and heaven are real, let's just say, and there is a God who's in control of them, wouldn't God be able to release the spirits? And whenever, yeah, if they're worried about hell, the then they shouldn't be worried about humans <laughs> yeah. in- interacting with that. If right. hell's real, then we have right. no power over it. Right. Unfortunately. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. We did we did have a Catholic priest offer his exorcism services. Oh my God. You say we're good. That's exactly what we said. <laughs> really thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> yeah. It was really it was very interesting. Did you say something about a ghost named Francis? Francis. But Francis is not from the Red Onion. She's in a different uh... building. So Skagway is um Every old building that I can think of has got a ghost story associated with right. it. Right. Well, it's a very short history, but very um, intense history. Yeah, yeah. And most of them are from the gold rush era, although right. Frances is not. She's from a later time period. I don't remember later. the story about Frances. Was she in the Golden North? No. Frances, do you want me to tell you the story? Yeah. I would love to hear the story <laughs> of Frances. Frances is actually my ghost. Um, I found out about her. Um, when I first came to town, I lived uh, above what is now Bites on Broadway. Oh, okay. um, And during, so it's a building on the corner of 6th and Broadway. And during the gold rush, it was the Gnome Saloon downstairs and a brothel upstairs. And so then, uh, well, yeah, any two-story building back then was more than likely a brothel. Right. Wow. Yeah. Because you have the business downstairs and the extra business upstairs. It's kind of wild to think that we went from that to like this buttoned up society where you can't express your sexuality in any way or you're like, <laughs> you know, like that's kind of crazy that we went from like so openly acknowledging people's sexual needs. No, to, I don't know like, if that's accurate because the the ladies you know, who were like very buttoned up would they did not want the women associated with their men at all. And they were forced them into se- sections of town that were specific uh-huh. for the brothel. Like it was still stigmatized. Yeah, very much so. But so, at least it was legal, right? No, no, it, wasn't. it was against the law. No. Yeah, but it was kind of just it was just the wild west and like tolerated yeah Yeah. it was tolerated like there wasn't a sheriff coming to shut it down oh no they did multiple times oh really yeah it just seems so much more uh like i've never heard i've never heard of a brothel now you know like i know that they exist i know that like there's places where you can go but like i've never heard of one in present day you know nevada they have them uh, no, but I mean, like, in, no, but I mean, like, in here, like, in Seattle. Well, yeah, because it's illegal. That's now. because it's illegal. Yeah, but if it was like quote unquote uh, illegal back then too, but like it still happened, you know. Well, it became um, 
Right. So in the state of Alaska, prostitution has never been legal. It has never been legal. Uh But during the gold rush, it was a tolerated Mm -hmm. vice. Mm -hmm. Um, Mostly because then it kept, there was a lot of men here and not a lot of ladies. Uh And um, until recently, it was still kind of like that in the state. (laughs) I mean, I would argue that it still is. As they say, the odds are good, but the goods are odd. (laughs) This is true. Oh, that's great. Um, so yeah, it was, it, it was accepted, but yet it wasn't tolerated. For example, in Skagway, you know, the story of Mabel Ulrey, do you uh-huh. remember the Penile mission? Uh-huh. So Mabel started this building, started mm-hmm. this house, a mission as a way to get women off the streets uh, mm-hmm. and out of the business. And so when what she, she going to pay them $6 a day. <laughs> no, she found them husbands and married them off and oh, got geez. them out of town. Mm-hmm. But what she would do, <laughs> how she built this house, how she got the money to fund her oh, expedition, no, her exploit was she would go stand outside of the ladies cribs <laughs> and she would with her Bible mm. and she would preach the, the word of the Lord mm. and the damnation of the souls that were going to be, fornicating out of wedlock and blah 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 until having a little bit of fun in- <laughs> right until the lady inside would come out and offer her some money to go away and oh then she would God. move down the row to the next lady's mabel house. you're the worst or the best the very smart yeah <laughs> she got she took that money she built um a mission the penile mission um and that money was used to help ladies get out of the business if they wanted to and so she would find them husbands elsewhere, or if they just needed to get out of town for medical services, she would find a way to get them out as long as they didn't come back. So she was you know? like, would you say overall, in hi- when history looks back upon her, she was a good character? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I feel like it's easy to like take sex work today and like compare it to back then. But like so many of the women who were in sex work, like did not expect that to be their case. Like they were brought to, they weren't happy to be in that. They were brought to Skagway by their husbands. They were left. And then the only way out of Skagway is by a boat, which you have to have money to buy a ticket for. And so then it's winter in Alaska. And what do you do? You have one, there's a place that will offer you room and board and money and so you're forced into the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a fine line when you talk about sex work between like women who are liberated like and choose to do that. But then at the same time, there's also a lot of people who have no other choice. Right. Exactly. And like both of those things coexist at the same time. So it's like you can do that if you want to. But also right. you want to have other yeah. options if that's not what you want to yeah. do. Well, and it's been like that throughout history. Right. right? You know? So Mabel was giving them other options if that's what they wanted. Right. She was giving them other options. Um, But there were some ladies in town who were just, you know, good Christian women, Bible thumpers who were, you know, tried to shut down all vice in Skagway. At one point in history, Skagway Skagway. um, was under prohibition. We had, there was no, it was a dry community, probably for a hot minute. It's hard to imagine. Um, What else would you do all winter? Oh my God. (laughs) Knit. Well, we joined the Girls Gone Mild Club, which I was a part of. Girls Gone Mild. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, what do, you do in the Girls Gone Mild art Club? Art and drink. <laughs> oh, no. So you couldn't drink, though. You just do sober I mean, art. now we just do drinking. We don't even do art. <laughs> oh, it's just, got, it's, it's just changed. Things have changed. <laughs> the winters Everybody's are getting longer. babies now. Uh. Uh. 
I, my my sad reaction is as a person with a child i'm like oh i get it he ruins all the art for it's me it's just wine then at that point it's just wine that's all you have the energy left to do okay so francis weird. tell us about oh. francis okay when i first came to town i lived in this building that it was a gift a gift shop at the time but over the years, you know, it started as a gnome saloon downstairs, a brothel upstairs. And then it was um, a kid's home. Like an orphanage? Uh, I don't know if it was an orphanage or like a boarding school. Oh, or, people would send their kids there. Or if it was a part of the whole thing that happened um, when the um, indigenous kids were taken oh, from true. their families mm. and brought to these um, schools. I'm not totally Like a residential certain. school. But it, but it wasn't called a residential school uh-huh. then. It was something different. And, I'm, and I can't even say if this home was actually mm-hmm. um, in conjunction with that. Because when I, when I found out the history of it, I didn't actually ask the right question. Mm-hmm. Because I was so you new and so You excited. didn't know to ask. You didn't right. know what questions to ask. Right. Right. Um, so this is my first summer in town. We were living up there. So I had a roommate. We So the rooms were... 10 feet by 10 feet. Does this sound familiar? Uh There was a twin bed on either side of the door. The door was in the center. It was basically like living in a college dorm, you know, Mm -hmm. like we, and so I had a roommate and she had her stuff on her side. I had my stuff on my side and we, the bathroom was across the hall. Um, It was a shared bathroom up there. You know, you'd be at night brushing your teeth and you would look up expecting to see somebody standing behind you. I hate that feeling. And then, you know, you'd be getting ready to go out because back then we used to um, go out a lot (laughs) and there was all kinds of events and stuff. And so you'd be doing your makeup or whatever. And you look up and you expect, you feel like somebody's watching you, like you expect somebody to be there. So one night we were laying in our respective beds in our room and we were talking about this. I was like, do you get this feeling? And she's like, yeah. And then we're kind of talking about the details of these experiences and as we're talking about it, this woman appears no. in the corner of our room. And oh, I was like, holy crap. I said, no. do you see that? She goes, you mean that woman standing there? Said, yeah, oh, my God. So she described her and she was seeing exactly what I was seeing, which oh, was um, a young girl. Well, a young girl. I shouldn't say young girl. A young woman because uh-huh. she was about 17 to 19 years old, kind of, uh, you know, sickly looking, mousy brown hair. She had a little... Um, shift dress on that that to me it looked like it was like beige with brown flowers kind of thing like a calico dress so we kind of said oh hi and we (laughs) called her Amelie because it's right around the time that Amelie came out and Uh so that that happened and you know we went on about our went to sleep and went on about how did you go to sleep can you imagine going to sleep (laughs) no how did you go to sleep well I guess I'm never sleeping again who knows? She wasn't scary. Like that was the yeah. thing. It, it was just scare me regardless. <laughs> yeah. She wasn't a scary force. She wasn't, yeah. you know, she was just like curious. It yeah. was always like a curiosity. It wasn't a terrifying thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She was just there. Yeah. And so that happened. And then about a week later, we were um, working in the store in downstairs and um, this man walked in and he's like, I used to live here when it was a kid's home. <gasps> And I said, really, do you know this woman? And I I don't know what compelled me, but I just started telling him about her. And I described her to him and he goes, that sounds like Francis. I said, well, how do you know? How do you know Francis? And he said, well, I lived here when I was about 
six or seven years old. And Francis was one of the older kids who was in charge of me. Oh my God. So she looked after me every day. (gasps) Yeah. So he knew her really well. Wow. I was like, oh, thank you very much. When I should have asked, oh, why were you living here? Right, right. Yeah. But you know, (laughs) I was so shocked about this. So then the next time she appeared to us, you know, I told my roommate this, the next time she appeared, we looked at her and we said, is your name Francis? And she smiled at us. <gasps> and that was the last time we saw her. Oh, but, so just like acknowledging her. Just acknowledging her. Yeah, she just wanted to be seen. But Francis liked it when we kept a tidy house. <gasps> and if we didn't, because we also had a shared kitchen. Uh-huh. And if we didn't keep the kitchen clean and that part of the apartment <laughs> clean, she would go into the dryer and take any clothes that you hadn't taken out of there and throw them around the apartment. <gasps> <laughs> so this happened to us. And then years later, it became a jewelry store. And the jewelry store people also had similar stories where they would be, so everybody who lived upstairs also worked downstairs. Mm-hmm. And they would all down, be downstairs working and they would hear footsteps upstairs. Uh. And they were like, but, and then, so somebody would go up and there's nobody up there. You know, the Weird. doors locked, all uh-huh. that stuff. But then if they hadn't done their housekeeping either, all their laundry would be thrown around the place. <sighs> wow this is what she used to do and if we had boys sleep over she wouldn't let them (laughs) sleep but we slept great (laughs) i like weird so do you francis is pretty great is she still there do the skipper and niles ever hear her up there um i don't know um i haven't i know i've asked them but i can't remember what they told me huh and do you know how she died so so young uh yeah i think she had tuberculosis oh Um, just based on some of the things that guy that came in, um, who knew her that he said, um, and it was also around that time when the tuberculosis sanatorium was here in town. So I'm guessing she And you said she looked kind of sickly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like really kind of sallow and frail Mm -hmm. looking. Yeah. So, I mean, like Skyway has so many layers of like ghosts that could be there, like TB. Then there was the military that was set up there. Then there was the prostitution and the gold. I mean, like so many layers of trauma and crazy things that happened in Skyway. Yeah, quite a bit, actually. I remember, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it was ghosty. But one night, Katie, who you've met, Mm -hmm. um, this is when I was an intern at the newspaper. And the newspaper office is in this old, old building. Um, and we were getting ready to go out and Katie had gone downstairs to get some fireball, which was like our drink of choice when I was an intern. Hell yeah. Why not? Good for you. The worst. The worst. And I had my camera sitting on a chair and I don't know how it happened, but as I'm getting ready, my camera falls out of my chair. And at that exact moment, all the power in town went out. <gasps> it was like this crazy surge. And Katie came running up and she was like, Elise are you okay? Like, did the power just go out? And I was like, yeah, the power just went fucking out. And a ghost just knocked my camera off my chair. It was so weird. It was, and we've been drinking, you know? So we're like, what the fuck? So we go out, the the power comes back on in town. We go out and we drink whatever. And we're leaving the station before the, when the station was still a bar. The station's a bar. Okay. Yeah. mm -hmm. I mean, so before 5am you were leaving the station. (laughs) (laughs) And we're all walking out drunk together. Same night. And I've never seen anything like this. The power in town went out again, but it went out light by light, like row by row. It went boom, 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 boom down the street. And Jim and Katie and I were like, what the 
fuck that's so <laughs> creepy oh my god it was so scary especially after my camera had like gotten knocked out of the chair and then i had to go sleep in the newsroom by myself <laughs> is that where you were living that summer? yeah i lived in a closet on a futon and my shower didn't work so i had to use a yogurt cup in the shower to oh bathe oh my god no thank <laughs> thanks, you jeff Honestly, I think that the ladies with the red onion, the ladies with the red onion, had a better (laughs) quality of life than Lee's. It's quite possible. They probably probably had a hot bath. I basically lived in a crib. (laughs) You were like Harry Potter. I was. You lived in a crib. But I had only a futon. But at least Harry Potter had a hot shower. We never see him shower in the true. movies. That's true. True. It's true. Or hear about it. Yeah. Stinky little teenage boy. Yeah. But I will always remember that. Just the boom, That's boom, boom, so boom, boom. That's so creepy. That's like from a movie. I know. Yeah. I was going to say, you see that in the movies. You mm-hmm. never see that in real life. And again, like you with Lydia, I was with other people. So there are other people yeah, that can say it. like, oh, that's some creepy like shit. that actually happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. I just heard a story about the news depot being haunted. <gasps> Tell us. Yeah. Um. Well, it's from what I... This is where you start. Mm-hmm. So the bookstore downstairs, uh-huh. I guess they used to play that buckwheat um, oh, CD yeah. with uh, he's Robert Service. Robert Service. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, we love Robert Service. Haley's Canadian. Oh, where are you from? I'm from Vancouver. Oh, I'm from Edmonton. Oh, really? I didn't <laughs> yeah. know you were Canadian. I knew I liked you. There you go. <laughs> So, um, well, they had the CD and I guess the CDs, um, they ran out of mm. the CDs and there's, you can't get them printed anymore because the <gasps> person who originally produced it lost the original <gasps> tapes. So oh, that's no. it. So that's it. They're gone. And when, once that the, the daily playing of, um, the Robert service poetry by Buckley Donahue stopped, um, they started noticing <gasps> that, Robert service books were falling off the shelves. Oh, wow. And so they figured that it was a little boy who liked to hear Robert service. So when the books would fall off the shelves, they would put them back up and then they'd play some of that buckwheat reciting Robert service. And then it would be fine for a while. And then if a couple of weeks went by without it being played, the books would start falling again. Oh my God. Corey, are you sure it's not Buckwheat haunting the bookstore? Because he definitely liked to hear himself. <laughs> like, Robert, Robert Service? <laughs> oh. No, these happened before Buckwheat passed. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, Buckwheat was still living when this happened. Okay. Oh, so, unless he wild. like had some sort of split yeah. spirit, psychokinetic <laughs> energy. <laughs> oh, Buckwheat. Oh, crazy. Yeah, so that's the only story I know about the bookstore. Oh, that's so cool. I need to go there. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. My parents went and they loved it. They just loved it. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. They so go on a tour. Like, I mean, on a, like a cruise ship. They were on a cruise. And yeah. then I said, Elise used to work at the Red Onion. And they were like, oh, that's the one place that we didn't get to because like, it was all booked or something. Like, or, yeah. you know, they were like, oh, that was on our list. Um, but then they went to breweries and they loved Skagway Brewery. Yeah. yeah Skagway they loved Brew Skagway. Company. They loved it. There's a lot to love. Were you, yeah, you were here when it's in the new building. Yeah, yeah, we went up there. Remember yeah. last time I was there, we yeah. went to dinner. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was just last summer, wasn't it? Yeah, was that that's this crazy. Summer? No, that was this spring. Yeah, that was this year. That was in the spring. That's right. A lot has happened this year. Oh my god, <laughs> you're not kidding. Oh my gosh. Oh, you never know. You never know. It's true. You never do know. Just like you don't know what and ghost I, you're gonna encounter. Oh, this wish. is true. 
wish. There's one there right now. <laughs> Ghost just flew up your nose. <laughs> yeah, it's rattling around in my brain. Yeah, yeah. Ghost just blew up her nose. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, I can't really think. I mean, I've had a couple other experiences that aren't relate. You know, reading and related. Uh, did you have experiences before coming to Skagway, or is that where it really started for you? Um, I had a few, um, but it really kind of started. No, I shouldn't say it started here. It you know became commonplace here. Yeah. Right. Every my first ghost I saw was my cousin, um, and I was about fifteen at the time. Oh wow! Um, when I saw her, and that was that's my earliest memory of having any experience like that um but i might have been having it younger i don't i don't mm-hmm. know don't remember no. yeah and that was like a one time thing that happened and then it was probably well from what i can remember it was about 5 years later when i started i lived in a house that had some serious some serious stuff going on in it mm, and wow. um we had one ghost that liked to fucking creeper like to sit in the shower with you (gasps) oh and you could see him or you just knew he was there no you could just feel him there gross yeah that's uncomfortable yeah you'd have to tell him to get the fuck out (laughs) oh my god that's so creepy well on that topic we've already learned that lighting a candle can help you against spirits but what are some other things you can do right i didn't know about the candle back then um it'd also be hard okay, to keep so- a candle lit in the shower <laughs> <laughs> holding a candle up in the shower while I you're would have away. Had, had i known that would have helped i would have absolutely tried probably melted i would have melted the shower curtain at the same time burn myself um let's see well that's a really good one candles are really really um powerful you can also do um well salt mm. salt is a oh, thing right. You know, you can use that as a protector. Um, there's certain herbs that you can use. I don't, I don't, I usually just use a candle. Another thing, another really powerful, oh, there goes a kitten. Ghost up your nose. <laughs> They're everywhere every around here. Every time I sneeze now. Oh, just got a ghost in my nose. <laughs> COVID was just a lot of ghosts. <laughs> we're we're stuck. Okay, yes. Another thing, a friend of mine taught me this ages ago. She would. She told me that you sur- imagine yourself surrounded by golden light. Oh, I, I like that. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you know the golden egg of light. Uh-huh. Your top, bottom, protective complete, layer. Yeah, completely surrounded. And if you're, if you feel like you're under like a psychic attack or a spirit, like a ghosty attack, mm-hmm. you put a mirror. You visualize a mirror on the outside of that, hmm. and that reflects that energy back to whoever's sending it to you. I like that. Cool. Um, so those are really, those are, visualization is extremely powerful when it comes to um, the realm of the supernatural, mm-hmm. that and candles. Visualization is great when it comes to the realm of the, like, yes, the living, <laughs> yeah, the living too. Well, that too. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's just a good tool to have in your tool belt. Sure. Absolutely. Visualize what you want in your life and, and what you don't. It will happen. Hopefully. <laughs> Visualizing hair. Harry Styles, Harry Styles, Harry Styles. <laughs> that's not it. That's not a chore for me because I picture him all day long. So <laughs> it comes easy. It hasn't happened yet, but we're still working on it. We're gonna manifest. Him I somehow. have not lost hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
this has been so great and we so appreciate you thank taking you, the time yeah, thank you so much for taking to your time share to with tell us. us your stories and uh i well, hope that by talking about john it has not uh woken him in the brothel no i lit my candle we're fine good yeah you're right <laughs> miss you girl miss you too say hi to everyone for me and uh, give those ghosts a sneeze <laughs> <laughs> sneeze them right out <laughs> get them out of there <laughs> But in all seriousness, keep those candles lit. That's a great way to end it. Keep those candles lit. (laughs) But only the little tea lights so that if you forget about the tea lights, they burn out after three hours. Hot tip. Mm -hmm. I like that tip. Literally. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) You're thinking Harry Styles. (laughs) Always. That's a hot tip for sure. I'm so ready for some treats. What are we having today, Haley? Okay, so uh, I ordered this like pan set for an Easy Bake Oven. Perfect. And it's for a modern Easy Bake Oven, but we're classic ladies. <laughs> are we? <laughs> this Easy Bake Oven is old, I guess, is another way to say that. She's a classic lady. Uh, so I wasn't sure it was going to fit, but they did. So we have cupcakes today because I thought, <gasps> so why exciting. not try out the cupcake little pan? And what thing. kind of cupcakes are they? So they're chocolate cake cupcakes with the vanilla buttercream yes. and i made them in our signature pink icing with a little bit of um, purple sprinkles so that they match our branding they look pretty quintessential yeah this is the first time though that i've made a recipe and i've been like this didn't really work i had to modify it a little bit so hmm. maybe i'll post the modified i think it's a great idea version and it'll eventually make it into our cookbook yes <laughs> yeah if you want if you know there's a need for an easy bake oven cookbook there actually is yeah, actually, actually, yeah, there is. Because we're piecing together. Yeah. And we're, we're doing shit. the hard work. Mm-hmm. We're, do, we're the boots on the ground, figuring out if these recipes work the or not. The very cute pink and purple boots on the ground. Yes. But also because metal. Can I tell you that food.com today let me down in a big way? But I, I well, you know, actually, I don't want to say I rescued it because we'll taste them and we'll see. I saw a food.com recipe for an easy bake oven recipe and it was literally like, use the mix. I was like, excuse me? That's just called <laughs> buying a Duncan yeah, Hines like, or Betty Crocker you. mix. Okay, yeah. I'm going to try one. Okay. Mmm. They're so nice and soft. They're pretty and the good. The icing is dope. I love the crunch on top. The icing tastes good. It really does. Visually, it's not my best work, <laughs> but. Hey, you mix butter and sugar and you can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm. I love the texture of them. Yeah, they're unique, aren't they? They're like little mini cupcakes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Guess we'll just have to eat all of them. I love it. Okay, so the missing woman that we're going to talk about this week, there's like nothing about her. There's so many of those. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's very concerning. So like when I went to Google her to find more information, there's like a couple articles on the internet. That's it. Her name is Carlita Yvette Gentry Lohmeyer. And she's been missing since November 20th of 2009. Oh, no. So she was 56 at that time, living in Detroit. And on the day she vanished, she was at home with her mom. She needed to grab a few things from the store. So she left her house on foot to walk to a store, like, two blocks from her house. She said, I'll be gone for a few minutes. I need to go get a few things. She never came home. Oh, that's heartbreaking. Right? There are very few details available. Like, that's essentially it. That's that's it. Oh, my God. Um. They, like no no one suspects that she ran away no one suspects that she committed suicide like nothing like that but i guess she left behind her id and like other stuff that she would need if she was making a break for it and 
it's been over 10 years. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And they they obviously didn't follow up or try to find her. Mm-hmm. Eight years later, almost, another member of her family went missing. Her what? cousin, Mia Patterson, she went missing when she was 25 years old in May of 2017. And she was last seen alive in Detroit. And then her remains were found a year later. Oh, but her, no. murder, her murder is unsolved. This poor family. Yeah. So it's not believe that their murder or that they're missing their disappearances are related but um so i don't know what kind what that says about our country right <laughs> it's like two women missing right. from the same family they don't with know no about them. resolution yeah and mm-hmm. you've never heard their names before yeah that's so sad yeah so if you have any information that could lead to carlita's whereabouts uh they ask you to call 1-800-SPEAK-UP hmm. we'll post that online we'll post a photo of her mm-hmm. but yeah can you imagine going out for groceries and then just never coming home and no one looks for you. Right. And I mean. Like, where's the outrage? Right. Where, yeah. And what's fucked up is that I don't think that would happen to us. No. Because we are white. Because we're white. And because we have. I, I don't know. I don't know The why. community that we live in and stuff yeah. like that. But even so, like, I think. I, I just don't think that would happen. Yeah. Which is really fucked up. That it yeah. could happen to one person. And. Right. For no rhyme or reason. Other like than any that. any woman, any human missing is an outrage. Right. Should be an outrage. Right. Should be a Gabby Petito. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, mm. why? Why is it? Yeah, I think we're learning. I mean, I think we already knew this, but like to be like each time, each week we go and look to see who we can report oh, on. And there are so there's many who so have no details. Many. Yeah. Like, yeah. What can we report on? Because there's literally mm-hmm. nothing. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't report it. So right. It's, it's like, like that means even more that right. we need to like share their name and face. And maybe, I don't know, maybe we have a list, one listener in Detroit. Right. Who then, you know, remembers that face. I don't know. Well, and I mean, I think I speak for both of us when I say that if you have a missing person that you want to share oh, yeah, more totally. information about that is not readily available like we would love to mm-hmm. share their story on this podcast yeah. to gain you know give awareness that's so sad yeah yeah hmm. well a one good, good thing. thing yeah what's your one good thing oh fuck i didn't even think about it <laughs> i didn't either <laughs> uh, i already talked about harry styles in Weekly. my life actually you know what i do have a good thing oh no i have two. Oh, oh okay great um we got in the car today and Russell said, I want Easy Bake Coven. <gasps> that is a great yeah, thing. Yeah. So I'm like, no, you can't listen to it because <laughs> <laughs> the language is inappropriate for a two and a half year old. But I love the sentiment, buddy. I don't know if that means we've got a great following or we're just really immature because <laughs> he's two years old. <laughs> yeah. means we have a, a wide appeal to mm-hmm. many different people of different <laughs> walks of life, including those who can barely walk. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. Okay, but then also today, okay, so today had like a crazy day in Seattle. We had no power on our island. It's just like a chaos day. And I said, and I texted Elise, like, send me witchy vibes that I get on the 305 ferry. And I may or may not have conjured it. And then, like, I I texted you that. And then, literally, not joking, less than 10 seconds later, Russell said from the backseat, like, he, I didn't, oh my God. He didn't know what I was saying, right? He didn't know I was texting you. He said, I want to make potion, mama. (gasps) And I said, what? And he said, I want a toy witch. Hell I want a toy witch to play yeah. with. And I was like, first of all, yes, absolutely. <laughs> but also, like, isn't that so yeah, weird? That's really weird in the best Spooky. way. I was like, hell yeah, you got the vibes, little boy. Yeah. Like, I'm raising you right. Let's just get him a real cauldron. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like not one with fire. Fine, Russell. You can listen to Easy Bake Coven. You're ready. Just don't repeat you're, any of these words to ready. anyone. <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's your good thing? Um... Well, this is so small, but 
you know, we got Mulder only a week ago. He's so fucking cute. He's you guys so have just met him. Cute. He's so cute. And he's so smart and super he's a food good boy. driven. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. a good boy. Um, but it's been so fun teaching him tricks mm-hmm. and like watching him like when that it's switch happens. Wheels turn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like when he finally gets it, like we've taught him he already knew how to sit. Um, but we've kind of reinstilled it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also now knows how to shake a paw. He knows so how to cute. lay down. And just seeing it click yeah. is really fun. Um, Wait till you have a kid and they learn I know. Talk. It's fucking bonkers. <laughs> like, oh my God, he learned that? <laughs> Until they say fuck and you're like, yeah. whoa, oh, you've come too far. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. No, but don't, don't do, do as, as I say. say. <laughs> just or don't do. not do. Just do not do. <laughs> Be different than me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's just been really fun. And he's just so been fun. such a... Um, such a little joy in our days mm-hmm. and i love him so much and he's just he loves me he so loves much you. he loves ben too but like he's my little shadow like he, yeah i can't leave the room without like ben sent me a video after mm-hmm. i left of him just at the door like <gasps> oh he's waiting. He's and crying. then ben was like she'll be right back bud and he went <sighs> oh <laughs> sweet angel yeah. you can so it feels it feels time. real good to be loved yeah <laughs> i need to get me a puppy yeah I guess that's what I have a kid for. (laughs) Just have another kid. (laughs) That's not emotionally irresponsible. (laughs) Well, it's another great week. And um, thanks for listening and joining us with Corey. As always, follow us on the social medias. If you want to be our next interview guest, please let us know. Yeah, email us the easybakepot at gmail.com or message us on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Uh Instagram, it's the easy. Easy Bake Coven podcast. Yes. Right? Who the fuck knows? Yeah. You'll find us. Just find us. Just search us. (laughs) If you're not following us already, call yourself a fan. You probably don't call yourself a fan. That's presumptuous. I'm sorry to assume that you're a fan. I've heard people say they're true fans. We only have a hundred and something followers but we've got true fans uh someone told me the other day that we're her new favorite podcast oh my god that's so sweet it wasn't my mom either wow yeah honestly the best thing you could do for us is just share it you know that's yeah. so tell helpful your friends. tell your friends post about us on reddit share us on social media we mm-hmm. would love that and appreciate it so much we're having a great time and we're so glad that you're here we'll send you fuzzy peaches if you promote us shamelessly <laughs> <We will. laughs> did i tell you that one of my friends bought ordered them on off amazon because after we talked about them and she was like these things are good it's true they're the best candy they're soft sweet peachy Mm -hmm. oh yeah well as always remember to keep it spooky and make it sweet happy Happy haunting. haunting